When I was in high school, I decided to cut my hair in a pixie cut. I immediately regretted my decision when during PE class, a girl felt the need to tell me how ugly I looked because I looked like a boy. Needless to say, I was devastated, but I vividly remember thinking I had to do everything in my power to make sure no one else would ever mistake me for a boy again. I look back on that moment and I wish I hadn't listened to that god-awful girl because I really liked my short hair. And who was she to get to decide what I looked like? Because, well, fuck her. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome to this episode of Sheltered. I'm your host, Emily Fowler, and today we are talking about gender norms and identity. My friend Maggie joins me in discussing this topic that is very near and dear to our hearts. Hope you enjoy. So, um, you know, it's funny because I grew up in the church and we were always kind of on the fringes of some pretty extreme um, spaces as far as like being really conservative. Um, we yeah. would go to this like conference in Texas that had like all of the moms or homeschooling conferences where, you know, all the moms had to wear jean jumpers and you know, in meetings, they were talking about women not being allowed to speak in church and yeah. like, you know, debating all of that. And so um, we were on the fringes of those. But then in our my own home, like I was definitely, um, I mean, work wise, I was always told you can do whatever the what you want to do. Like you yeah. can go after any dream. I'm very encouraged to go to college. Like that was and I mean, my my grandma, both my grandmas on both my parents' sides, they all both um, were nurses and very educated and smart women, you know, and so education for women was really important. Um, but I found that it, you know, not only religiously, but culturally, gender and gender norms and um, stereotypes were more so found in how we interact with one another. Um, so for instance, like women were definitely expected to be more modest than men because our bodies you know, are or a trap. And, <laughs> yes, our bodies are a trap, and you don't want to make your brother stumble. I mean, I grew up swimming in a swimming pool that was at our house, and our house was surrounded by huge um, uh, trees, so nobody could really see in. Yeah. And it was only like, and I swam with a full one-piece suit with shorts and a t-shirt on top of that and I like the only people that saw me in this pool were my brothers and my sisters and my parents like um and That's there was this insane. expectation it, it's just insane and there was this expectation just in general that women cover up more body our bodies are more sensual um I mean I remember when I was really young like going out and like working with the guys and I think we we're chopping down or doing some kind of work outside and all my brothers like took off their shirts to work you know because they were being boys and I was like went and took off my shirt and everybody's like oh no oh. <laughs> <laughs> it was like it was like I was, I was like oh and I just remember 
Megan, you need to put your shirt back on, okay? And I was like, oh, why? And I just remember being so confused because all my brothers, my younger brother, all three of my older brothers were all taking off their shirts. And I was like, but why? At that like, point, had your parents talked to you about like your body or anything? Or were you just like, yeah. I don't understand why I'm being shamed? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. And you know, that's the funny thing too, is that yeah, I don't remember ever, and maybe they did, and I just don't remember it, but I never had a real conversation about bodies. It was just kind of an understood thing that, you know, women cover up. That's just, that was what was taught in general, right? And right. Um, I mean, even like talking about sex, and I, I don't know if this was because my mom didn't get a good sex talk, um, but my parents had this thing called the 10-year-old trip where when we turned 10, we got to go with our, you know, like boys went with dad, girls went with mom, and we, they take us somewhere, and the expectation was that's when we got, like, the sex talk, um, and my mom, I think I remember later her telling me she didn't think I was really ready, um, so I didn't really get a sex talk during that time, and it wasn't until I, like, well, what I got was, that or maybe it was later this happened because I, I got my period later had no idea what it was when I was like 12 like one day I woke up and like my underwear was kind of pink and it was like I looked down and I was like I don't know what that is oh my god it. and then like later I was like mom I think there's something red in my pants and she was like oh you're right your period but around then and I was like what's a period you know I was 12 I was 12 and um but my sex talk was literally and again, maybe I spaced some things out. I don't think I did. It's possible I don't remember it all. But what I walked away with was when two people, I love each other, get married, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they love each other. They roll around on the floor naked and sperm floats out of a guy's penis somehow. It just is in the air. And then it finds its way to the vagina. Um and so after that, I was really nervous about hugging my brothers too closely because I thought if you got too close to a guy in their aura and you just, the first sperm would find your vagina. Um, <laughs> oh, bless your sweet little heart. <laughs> oh no. So, and, and I wasn't actually fully scared because like, I don't see a lot of people not hugging their family members and getting, and like not getting pregnant. But there was the thought of me, I was like, something is wrong. Something's really wrong here. Right. Um, <laughs> right. So that's, I mean, that's kind of a tangent, but, but all that to say it was in like, again, my body was considered sensual, was considered feminine. I had to hide myself as a female. Um, it was also a protection measure. Um, so my dad, oh yeah. Oh no, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I'm just saying like my dad worked really hard to protect us as his girls way more in a different way than he protected his sons. Um, and even, I mean, this, again, this is cultural, but toys, like, yeah, I mean, we are, we are given doll girls are given dolls and pink things and boys are given trucks and green and blue things. And, uh, I absolutely believe that those are constructs in a lot of ways. And, and we talk, I, I, I read somebody's post the other day that said, this person is all boy, like, Oh, my son, all boy. And I was like, what does that mean? Like you gave that child the dump truck. You gave, you gave him the permission to get dirty. You did not give your daughter the permission to get dirty. Like when she touched something that was gross, you told her it was ew. Um, like when she touched mud or when she, um, 
whatever she did, you gave her a doll and told her to be nurturing you. Um, which again, those things are great qualities, but to say, um, that, and, and even, I mean, there are some arguments about what, um, what testosterone and what, um, estrogen do in our bodies. Mm-hmm. And there's studies that show that they do do like, there are like, there is more, whatever it is, but this a cultural norm by telling me I have to when I don't fit into that I am bad and I am wrong and I am not feminine or I am not masculine you know yeah now I I I think it's fascinating that we pigeonhole people that way that we that we tell somebody like hey before you even have an identity we're deciding for you what that part of that identity is going to be and like um uh, one of my friends was, uh, I think on Instagram, she was talking about how the school was upset about her son's hair length. And I guess he was getting made fun of. And I was like, isn't that crazy that we've designated long hair for women? And that justifies us saying that men can never have it. <laughs> like, yep. it yeah. Yeah. It my mind. <laughs> right. Right. And what is that? I mean, honestly, if you want to talk like beautiful or well-kept, there's a lot of men that have like a lot healthier long hair than I do. And it's yes. like gorgeous and kept really well, better than a lot of other women. And like, what are these arbitrary things that we've decided are feminine and masculine? And, and what, I mean, this may be later down in the conversation, but I'm going to even challenge and say, what is femininity and what is masculinity? Like, yeah, I don't like, even think that those things really truly exist because like when I, right. When I see a man who has well manicured nails, I'm very jealous because I'm like, I am so disgusting. <laughs> like, like, and right. I don't think like I'm a disgusting lady. I think I'm a disgusting no. person that I can't get right. right. clean. <laughs> well, and you think about our culture. Okay, like let's take it back to so um what was the idea of being chivalrous? The idea was that a woman was too delicate. Mm-hmm. And so things like opening doors, yes, it's a kind thing and great. Open the door for me. Um, but it originated and stemmed from this place of she was too weak to do those things. She wasn't capable of doing those things. Right. And so um, when people, you know, I don't think chivalry is dead, whatever. I, I don't think kindness is dead. Like I, I receive when people open the door for me, but I also open the door for people. And yes. Just be like, a good freaking person. Like, yeah. Well, and so, and so when people say that, I do think that they're, what they're saying is, I don't think kindness is dead, but I, like you're talking about to pigeonhole, to say, because of your genitals, you show love and receive love in this way. Um, and that's just how it goes, period, I think is a real disservice. And um, we are, we are taking away that individual person's who they are um, and what is even them. Because I am also... So part of me, I have always identified more with my dad yeah. in a lot of ways. Um, and it's funny because as an adult, I see more of my mom and me as far as like really extroverted and um, very adventurous, all these things. But with my dad growing up, it was always, I was daddy's girl. Whenever there was work to be done, like spring cleaning, or maybe we were preparing for a big party, um, I always wanted to be outside doing the manual labor. I never wanted to you know, clean and dust and all of that stuff. It just, and it sounds funny because I feel like everybody feels that way, but not everyone feels that way. When I say that, I feel funny saying it because I'm like, well, obviously I would rather do manual labor than dust. And other people are like, what? 
you know? And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, um, is that what everybody wants? <laughs> what do you mean? You don't like to throw around an ax? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. You don't want to lift really heavy things. Um, and so, you know, mow the lawn and smell like grass. Uh, and so. First and of all, I love that thing. smell. <laughs> so. See? 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 Yeah. I know. I heard that the smell of fresh cut grass is um, how plants communicate with each other is um, by like the fragrance they give off. That's one of the ways that they communicate with each other. So like the smell of um, fresh cut grass is actually grass in distress talking to other grass. Oh my like, God, that's so them. depressing. <laughs> it's like <laughs> screaming. <laughs> and all of a sudden I'm like, the grass is alive. It's dropping off the heads of grass. What am I supposed to eat now? The plants are screaming. <laughs> and, and we destroy that smell too, which even feels even more sadistic. <laughs> I love the smell of fresh cut blood grass in the morning. <laughs> I love the smell of crying grass. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> oh, you're welcome for that piece of information. <laughs> No, thank you for that little tidbit. I love stuff. Nightmare. <laughs> no, um, I mean, I, I feel you because like, I never was a girly girl ever. Like my sister, well, I think all my sisters were, and I always wanted to like play in the dirt. I wanted to be outside. Um, I wanted to like ride on motorcycles. Like I wanted yeah. to do jump off of, you know, like buildings and I'm much, much less like that now because I'm very, I'm, I'm a very scared person by nature. So like, yeah, I'm very, yeah. I, I'm very careful about what I do, but yeah, when I was a kid, oh my gosh, like I love that. Right. But I remember getting right. chastised for it. Like I remember my mom, like forcing me to come inside and take manners classes like, like, yeah, like, because that's what she thought women needed to know. And I can guarantee oh, wow. you, I have rarely used my manners. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, it came into use just as much as calculus did. Never. I've used it just as much. I don't give a flying crud how many forks I have on the table. I, whichever one I like to use. <laughs> It's all gone in the same place. Right? Yeah. I mean, that's literally what I spent my childhood doing was like manners right. and like how to braid hair. And I mean, I don't know. It's just, it's so silly. It's so silly yeah. that I was designated to doing those things by my parents right. because they right. didn't believe that women and my parents didn't believe that like I should go to college. They, they encouraged mm -hmm. me to drop out of school, <laughs> Wow, <laughs> which is insane. Like it's absolutely insane. Yeah, but they they just didn't think that women deserve the same kind of like elevation in society that right <laughs> you know right. we're privy to now. And I, I mean, and my dad definitely didn't think like I deserved a voice. Like he he didn't think that women were smart. He made us know that we weren't smart. Like he mm -hmm. and he, I mean. I literally was going to college for plant science and he was like talking about growing pumpkins one time and I was telling him, well, like, this is what you can do to ensure that like the pumpkins are, you know, 
fertilized and doing good. And he was like, you don't know. I was like, well, I'm literally going to school for this. So I feel like I do know. And he was like, no, he was like, I'll ask somebody else. So, I mean, what man, what man? I know, yeah. even as an adult, he perpetuates the idea that like, women were dumber than men. They were less than. And yep. I mean, that's definitely a societal thing. Like society yep. treats women like we're not equal. <laughs> right. I mean, it's no wonder we're at the place that we are. So. Right. Right. I have a actual statistic to quote, but the statistics do show. I just disqualified <laughs> what I'm about to say. <laughs> Speaking of being smart, let me talk about something I don't know. I think you're brilliant. That, so it's fine. <laughs> more, more that that a culture does better when you educate women. Just period. Like the whole, it brings up the whole culture as a whole. Right. Um, as far as like, um, poverty goes down um domestic violence goes down and so on and so forth but right. yeah and the other the, I think the other hard thing about that is too as far as those gender norms is not only does it pigeonhole you but if in fact you don't interact with the world um in the way that our culture tells us right so um I'm a woman I should interact with the world that all of a sudden I have to be not feminine so all of a sudden I'm a butch I don't get to identify as feminine um because that's the other thing so I in our culture um when I go out and because of my short hair or whatever maybe my like I'm like a very um confident individual out in the world um people always assume that I am lesbian which is fine like that's not offensive in itself but right. what it highlights is that I can't I can't do these actions and also feel like a female or feel like, or be straight or anything else. It's that, yeah. well, you're either this or that, like, okay, so now you're going to go full butch. Like yeah. I feel very feminine. I, I knit, I crochet. I love cooking and baking. Um, I love, you know, things that are considered very domestic. Um, but I'm also a pretty strong leader. Um, I definitely push for my voice to be heard. Um, and so to say that, that it's just the same thing. It's like a big pendulum, like, okay, well, okay, if you're not going to be this, and so that again begs the question, what is masculinity and what is femininity? I mean, these are arbitrary rules and arbitrary things that we have created. I, I, you know, and that's funny, I was, um, I was talking to a, a guy randomly on, you know, copious amounts of online dating sites, because right. that's what I do now, uh, and, <laughs> maybe you're in Alaska, so, <laughs> I mean, this is, yeah, this is in Pennsylvania, but yes, that's true, oh, okay, um, but, but I was, I was having this conversation, and he said to me, um, you have a very masculine chin, and I was like, Okay, so yes, my chin, my face, I am the spinning image of my father. I yeah. do have a small, strong chin line, but my chin is feminine because it belongs to a female, and that is period. Like, yeah. like chin, chin shape does not have gender. Yeah. Like, period. And so, again, what, it, what is masculine and what is feminine? Like, my thoughts belong to a female. Therefore, my thoughts are feminine. My actions belong to a female, are done by a female. Therefore, those things are feminine. Yeah. Period. End of story. Like, and you can't tell me who I am or who I should be um, based on that. And I think 
I mean, when you look at, you know, all of our, we don't, all of our threats are now social. You know, there was a time during the hunter and gatherer time period when um, being able to predict was safe, right? Like I walked into this field with my friend, my friend got attacked by a bear and died. I know that when I go now to that field, I need to be watching for bears. Like that was, that was a way of protecting themselves. And so now, you know, we don't really have the threat of a bear, I guess out here we do, but in general, like yeah. <laughs> all of our threats, are social threats yeah and so we you know stereotypes are essentially just being able to predict somebody being able to know is this person harmful or helpful to me and so i i mean and I, that's not a bad thing we've survived and become the main like survival of the fittest we've become the predominant you know animal one might say uh, yeah. mammal on earth um so it served us well but it has come to this extreme where I don't even take the time to get to know somebody. I can't because I have to, you know, and we, we have to make these rules to keep ourselves safe and that's all. And so then you've got these people who are radically offended when you get outside of that and what it is underneath the core is, you know, they they don't, they don't feel safe. And that's when you come across people that are weird when really that's what people are saying, you know? Right. I think it's so interesting that anybody tells you that you're not feminine because I have never thought of you as masculine at all. (laughs) Like like it is, it is so shocking to me because I'm like, I don't understand that. Like, (laughs) like, you know, call somebody ugly if you want or call somebody beautiful, but telling somebody that they're like masculine or feminine doesn't make sense. Like I just, I don't know. And especially because I I think like, I know you and you've always been super bubbly and you've always been very outgoing. And I mean, like a sharp dresser, like I've never, I don't know, I've never considered you masculine. So like when you first told me that story, I was like, that is insane. And first of all, how rude do you have to be to say that to somebody? I would never say that to somebody's face. Right. Well, and I did bite back pretty hard. I like wrote him this long string, you know, of things like, hold up, buddy. We're going to talk about this. And he like quickly back He was like, I mean, I don't know. I just thought what I meant was what I meant to say was something else that was not that. So backpedal, like, backpedal, backpedal. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Good luck getting I, your head out of your own ass. <laughs> I am so astounded by people's like, ability to just say things (laughs) right (laughs) like I'm not allowed to say anything so I am so careful about what I say to people and I am just flabbergasted at people's ability to just word vomit like whatever's in their head (laughs) where did that come from bud (laughs) (laughs) like I know a new thing about you and how racist you are so (laughs) (laughs) you just put a target on your back Good job. (laughs) Always fascinating. (laughs) Right. Crazy. Yeah. No, I don't, I don't know. I think, I think for me too, especially with like gender identity, I, Mm -hmm. I was taught to use my feminine wiles because I didn't have anything else. Yep. That's exactly right. Yeah. So like, I remember being like, well, I think that it's really gross that, you know, my boss is doing A, B, and C, but I'll use my feminine wiles and then I'll be able to get like perks out of it. And like, I remember having that thought and just being like, 
ooh, this is so gross. I feel gross that I'm having to do this because it feels like you're almost selling yourself. Like, <laughs> like, like I yeah. don't know. You're, like my family basically said that you have zero worth except for your sexuality. Like that's it. <laughs> yeah. Which is our culture norm as well. Like our sex appeal. And that's, I mean, that's, that's on all of our narratives. Um, that's in all of our billboards and our music and, and, um, and, and, it, and, it, and it hurts all genders because it yeah. not only says that my only value is my sexual appeal and how I can, and now, so now I can use that. I mean, and, and the hard thing is, is then if I'm told that's my only power, of course I'm going to use that because that's my only power. Right. Um, but then on top of that, that hurts the male side of things because then it says that they have no control. Um, they're always, they're supposed to be these just like crazy sex driven individuals who don't take you know, responsibility for their own actions or their own thoughts or feelings. Yeah. Um, and so, and I mean, again, that marginalizes those individuals who maybe don't have a high sex drive or, I mean, just there's a whole big bundle of this right. for everyone to say that, that that's our only, that's our only value in society is and and again, it goes back. I mean, sex appeal goes down to my ability to have children, my ability to produce. Yeah, babies. I think it's funny too because I mean, talking about marginalizing men, like I remember having a conversation with somebody about eating disorders, and mm-hmm. I was like, "Yeah, guys have eating disorders too," and they were like, "No, they don't. That's gross." And I was like, mm-hmm. "What?" <laughs> I was like, how is yeah. that any more gross than a female having an eating yep. disorder? I was like, and not even gross, but like, like sad. Like, shouldn't you yeah. be, like, I don't know. It seemed like she, it seemed like they just didn't even seem concerned that this person maybe had an illness. And instead yeah. they were like, that's dumb. Men can't have that. <laughs> was right. Like, right. I mean, same with sexual assault. Right. Like, you know, and our culture just mostly talks about like sexual assault on females. Mm-hmm. Um, but it happens, it happens for everybody, you know? Um, or, or they joke about, they say that like, you know, they're really offended that women can be sexually assaulted, but then they joke about men being sexually assaulted in prison all the time. Like that one drives me crazy. <laughs> it's yeah. like, that's still a sexual assault. <laughs> it's like, I'm like, well, that's exactly happen. right. It's the same, it's the same deal. Yeah. Yeah. And then again, yeah, I agree. <laughs> Yeah, people are strange. It's strange how how we have sort of like created a society that thinks so black and white and that you can't mm-hmm. you can't be outside of the box. And mm-hmm. and it's so hurtful because yeah, there are people who are trying to come out and you know, they feel like they have different gender identities and I I don't know, like for me it it makes sense. Like I could understand that you could have some sort of like biological chemical thing happening to you that you feel different and that you want your body to reflect that. I get it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have no yeah. problem with that. And, and that doesn't mean that just because like a guy wants to be, you know, identify as a woman doesn't mean that that makes me less feminine. <laughs> like, right. And I feel right. like that's why people have such a problem with it because they have that solid idea of what they've grown up with thinking men and women are supposed to be. And so when you have these like 
you know, we're these outliers of people who are feeling differently and they want to change their gender. Like it blows these people with these finite minds. You can't, yep. you can't expand past it, but. Yeah. Well, and part of that too, some of that I wonder is again, because we've been offered these, like, this is how you interact as female. This is how you interact as male. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I wonder like in the same way that, that I sometimes feel like I'm not, I'm not allowed to identify as female and also be these quote unquote masculine things. Right. Um, for guys, like a guy who feels very male um, to wear a dress is not appropriate in our culture. Um, yeah. Why? Again, that's arbitrary. Um, who wants to, maybe he wants to like have really bold makeup. Maybe he wants to paint his nails. Um, maybe he, you know, whatever it is. Maybe he's a really gentle spirit. Maybe he's not super, um, like, uh, all dominant all the time, yeah. you know, in, yeah. in the room. Um, and somehow now he has to be more feminine. Now he's effeminate. Now, um, oh, he must be gay. Right. Um, that, that's necessarily true. And now he's become un- undesirable to women um, yeah. in this, you know, and now he's because he's not the strong, like, leader who wants to, like, protect and provide, you know, like, um, that, that's where I think we get into really muddy water, you know, and, and, and I think, I think, like you're saying, you know, I have to really, as, again, as a cis, as a cisgender individual, just period, whether female or male, as a cisgender individual, um, this world was created around me, um, yeah. and, um, I'm not, I have to choose to be aware of my privilege, you know? And right. so, um, that means that when someone who is not cis, um, needs to speak, I need to shut up because it's, I'm the, I'm the one who has the space to be able to talk. So I have to give up my privilege and be able to hand the microphone to that individual, you know, and to be able right. to say, I don't know your experience. I have to trust you. So even if you're saying that you're having the same experience as me as far as I feel very female and you you were born female but feel very male I have to trust that how can I say not that like how can I judge and say that I know better what's inside of you like how pompous and how um like how prideful and like awful of me to say that I should know what is going on inside of you like that's ridiculous yeah yeah i I completely agree. I think it's so funny because I wonder if all of this generated from the fact that like we used to just be naked running around and so it was easy to work and then once we were wearing clothes, we had to like like give the genders uniforms so that we could yeah. spot people because the genitals right. are, so how are we to know right I will always be a man. Exactly. But I love yeah. it's really fun. But, like more naked initially, always. Yeah. Who's <laughs> 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 now? Um, uh, yeah, yep. <laughs> oh, yeah. And it's good. Um, something about oh, uh, all the generals are coming out. You know, that's the other interesting thing is is because people are getting sex changes and they're taking, um, you know, hormones. Um, yeah. And so that's another yeah. phenomenon that people, you know, have to talk to when they start to get to know someone and don't know that maybe they're trans. 
Um, or maybe, maybe they are just like, um, cross-dresser or maybe they don't identify as anything necessarily specific. Um, and so, and so what happens is, you know, I think you're a woman because you dress like a woman and act like a woman or whatever, um, or a cisgendered woman. And then you tell me maybe that you are a trans or maybe that you are a, um, like, interacting in the world as in like a female way but still have like identify as masculine on the inside you know whatever it is yeah you like to and all of a sudden it's like well you should have told me when actually that person doesn't have I do not have the right to tell them I that they should have told me that no I was gonna I was just gonna say that I was I feel like it's none of my business what your gender is or what your transition is unless I'm going to have sex with you. Like if I'm going to have sex with you, yes, maybe that would be something that, that you could tell me if you felt comfortable, like, because I feel like, like that might be important or like that might be important to the conversation of you having sex. But other than that, I don't really think like it's any of my business to know like what your identity is. Yes. Especially in yeah, like you're saying, just a general social context. It's yeah. one thing, if you have a set of pronouns you would like me to use, obviously I can't use them unless I know them. Right. Um, and so there's that. But, if, I mean, if you use, you know, like female pronouns and you have uh, male genitals, mm-hmm. again, that is incredibly inappropriate for me to think that I should even be allowed to ask, like, like, I know that I dress as a female, but if someone walked up and asked me, even as someone who people knew that I have a vagina, like if someone w- walked up and asked me if I had a vagina, I would feel incredibly like violated, right? Violated. Like you like you don't get to know like you don't get to ask me that. Rude. Right. Like, I'm sorry. And so like and now we think that we can just ask like that I should be able to ask you because you have a look of a man dressing in a woman's clothing that I get to just ask you or I should have the right to know. And, yeah. you know, in, in with sex, yeah, like you're saying, there is a level to, we're about to get naked together. But even, like, we don't discuss that. Yeah. When I'm, I mean, again, and I when think, I'm with a man. Yeah. And I don't know. I think it's, yeah, to figure out how it all fits together. But like you're a human I'm a human if we feel attracted to one another and I will say if I I mean if I were I mean I'm I am currently talking to different people social distancing guys not not meeting up in anybody I did I did have a Fred Meyer date this morning we well, think social distance, you still like but... have sex just not kiss right <laughs> <laughs> yes. I am I'm gonna go there but, uh... no making out <laughs> Right, right, which, uh, um, it was difficult this morning, um, so anyways, and so, yeah, it would be a surprise to me, um, especially since, like, I mean, my sexuality, I, I, I consider myself very straight, but also there is some, um, there's some nuance in there, um, but it's a spectrum, that would be a surprise, right, it's a spectrum, that would be a surprise to me, um, for sure, but if I'm, driving with that person like and all of a sudden you know we're naked together like I would not again it would not if that surprises me okay it surprised me 
But right. I don't have a right to be like, how dare you not tell me? Because yeah, like, no, and I don't even mean that. I don't think that, I don't yeah. think it, I guess what I was saying was like, it's not really any of my business what your genitals are yeah. <laughs> unless right. I want those genitals inside of me. You know what I mean? <laughs> you mean like rubbing them together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, like if, if somebody was like in transition and they were brave enough to be naked in front of me, I'm not going to like, you know, dismiss their bodies or anything, but right. I would like to have a conversation like, oh, hey, like, like this isn't what I was expecting. So like, totally. cool. like talk about it. Yep. But I think that also speaks to how we I don't know, our society has kind of created like, like this idea that we don't have autonomy over our own bodies. Like yeah. everyone else gets to decide what yep. our bodies are, how they are. That's absolutely right. Like, yep. I mean, that's insane to me <laughs> that, that we yes. don't have autonomy over our identities. Right. Agreed. <laughs> so. And what we get to say about it or. Yeah. Like, you know. That's a wackadoo idea. <laughs> like, like, yeah, it's your vagina, but not really your vagina. Right, <laughs> like, right. But also regulated by the state right. and by all of these men on a panel. So, yeah. good luck. Dick <laughs> Perry get to tell you, like, if your vagina is good enough or not. Like, yeah. <laughs> no, thank you. I'm good. Okay, I'm <laughs> I don't need their opinion. Right. But I will say, like, like getting to the point where I don't care about <laughs> people's opinions about body or like, like, I mean, I used to put makeup all the time, all the time, and then I just decided I was like, that is work, and I don't want to do that anymore. And yeah. people are really trying to invest. <laughs> oh my gosh! Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. Real quick side note: I like you are so kind and always talk about how lovely I am. And it always is funny to me when you talk about how you're like, okay, like people are not thinking I'm pretty or whatever. I've always thought that you are very gorgeous <laughs> from the moment that like, like when we found out you guys were getting married, I just really, I don't know. Like that's most of my memory. My original memories of you was when you and Josh like got married, you know, and it was so yeah. scandalous. <laughs> but, <laughs> Total shotgun wedding, but whatever. <laughs> I was only like eight months pregnant. <laughs> Side note, sorry. Sorry that our, like that, that that was, you guys were, you know, all the shame that went along with that. I'm so sorry. I hate that, but glad that it worked out as far as you guys still love each other. And it wasn't. <laughs> right? No, I'm trying to get him to do like a marriage podcast with me and he, he's not ready for Good. it. <laughs> oh, well. But anyways, I think that you are absolutely gorgeous. I just think it's funny that, that, that you don't know that. And I just, well, I think it's yeah, it stems from that, that identity of, like, what it was to be a beautiful female. Like, I remember mm. one time asking my dad, I was like, do you think I'm as pretty as Marilyn Monroe? And he was like, no. And I was like, oh. But, like, you know, you would think, like, a normal parent would be like, no, you're prettier. Or, like, you have these yes. Like nothing, yes. zero. He didn't even <laughs> just lead up with anything either. He was just like, like no, not the same. <laughs> and I, remember, like, I think I was like thirteen. I was not pretty. <laughs> like, and then you know, you go through life, and like, people do things you thought because yeah. they're teenagers, and I just remember that sort of perpetuated itself. Like, 
it started with me just thinking I wasn't pretty and then like stuff would happen and I go, this is the reason why I'm not pretty or this verifies that I'm not pretty enough or yeah. you know, probably like you, it's like, it takes some jackal to say you have a masculine jaw and then you're like, maybe I have a it's like, I think that's why I'm always so fascinated that people have the ability to say just cruel things. Like it doesn't right. make sense or, right. I don't know. It makes me sad. <laughs> yeah. Agreed. Uh, yeah. Just like, why are you? Why are you like you that? Are. <laughs> why you gotta be so mean? <laughs> why do you have to be that way? So, so what was something that you did to help you kind of like step away from these, these roles that you were born into? <laughs> Yeah. Um, so, well, first off, my mom has always been a, like really outspoken, even within the church and when she was trying so hard. I mean, again, putting us in one piece swimsuits with church and stores. Side note. How did you guys say that anymore? Around? Right. Well, that's, we became incredibly strong swimmers. Um, I will say, if they all the things, I'm a good swimmer. <laughs> good for you. <laughs> It's a wonder those arm floaties kept us up when we were learning to swim. I don't know how that happened, but. <laughs> That's when you got those Madonna cut arms. You're like, bam. That's right. <laughs> bam. Um, but, but uh, my mom, even, even, cause she was, I mean, she herself was trying to figure out, cause I mean, we look at pictures from her childhood and she's real cute with these like really cute bikinis and all of this. I mean, just, you know, little booty shorts in high school. And I was like, mom, get Like, what a box, you know? And yeah. Um, and so she herself was trying to figure out like, you know, what she believes in all of that. And, and even in that, in that round, I mean, I remember like Dr. Dobson would come on the radio and start talking about the female's role in society. And she would be like, Oh, this is disgusting. And she would like, turn it off. And I'd be like, and so part of that was like, my mom was that, you know? And so, um, even though she was I making remember, hair, 15 million shirts at once. Yes. Yes, yes, right, <laughs> which is beautiful because I think it really makes my mom human, just like all of us, so I like that a lot, but right. um, for me, um, you know, I never, part of it was body image issues growing up as far as, like, I think I remember I wouldn't have worn, um, like, a bikini anyway because of, you know, because I didn't want to make my brother stumble, but also there was maybe a little bit more overarching, like, body some body image issues for sure growing up and then which can um, I hold you really quick and just say how insane is it that that was your responsibility not to make your brother stumble anyway go ahead <laughs> yes also to the world who's listening who doesn't have a spiritual context we are talking about brothers in Christ just real quick no incest is that's not what we're talking about <laughs> right? but either way weird that it would be your responsibility <laughs> my faith in college I took I was my degree is in worship ministry ah! yeah. uh, so I took a lot of bible classes and theology classes um and so there was some wrestling with my faith but it was still within faith context so there was no like is there a god it was all like do we believe that you know the juice in the bread turns into Jesus actual body and blood or do we believe that it's just an example you know yeah wow <laughs> uh, those were the big ones 
Um, and so, and so when I got out of college, uh, and I, around 26 is when I started kind of really looking at myself is when a lot of my body issues started coming to the forefront and being like, oh, maybe I'm harder on myself than I, maybe I am attractive. Maybe like my body is good, you know? Um, but then around that time was too, when I was started kind of been given permission to actually question the existence of God and the existence of what is good. And, um, and it was right around the time that, um, homosexuality was being like the, uh, um, like, um, uh, marriage was coming up and we were getting ready to legalize it. Um, and I was asking some of those questions and, um, just because I had some friends who, you know, I'd been through a lot of the same programs I'd been through and I've trusted in their voice, hearing God's voice just as much as my own. And they were saying God was telling them to be fully themselves and they couldn't run away from their identity anymore. And I was like, well, shoot, like, shoot, still Christian, shoot. <laughs> uh, <laughs> You're such a good girl. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> um, and so when I remember I just it just like naturally I don't think it was a conscious decision it just started naturally flowing out of me and it was like well I mean and and my sexuality has always been a huge part of me even even as as, as uh, suppressed as it was I remember I mean as a kid I would watch um movies and I would get turned on watching people kiss just mm-hmm. and not even like big makeout scenes just like you know kiss and, and I yeah, and I would like hide my eyes because it was like I would feel aroused, and I'd be like, "Oh, that, something is wrong here." And I wouldn't even have been able to verbalize that that was arousal. It just I knew it made me feel something that I knew was bad. Right. Um, and so when I started asking some questions about, and not even even less than the existence of God, but just what is God? All of that. What are these rules and all of these things? Um sexuality was definitely one of the first for me because it was it's it's so much a part of my identity now uh, and has always been that it was was, it was just begging to be released you know Mm -hmm. um because as a female too um as far as cultural norms um we are not taught I mean guys are also and I don't want to minimize the experience of men they are absolutely um persecuted another Christianese word but they are absolutely persecuted for um, having sexual desire or, you know, wet dreams or whatever you want to call it. There's so much shame put on the man. But oh, there's, totally. still an ex- there's still an expectation that when you get to that wedding night, the guy's kind of got himself figured out and the girl has to be trained. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I mean, let's talk about the wedding day. Who wears the white dress? Um, who's what whose is it shameful in most cultures who's supposed to be the virgin um who and so for me to have you know what is this talk of hymen right Right. like who is supposed to have experience if if I have any kind of experience with sex I'm a slut um and I'm undesirable um, right or even the thoughts about sex are slutty right like if you can imagine it it's just as slutty as doing it (laughs) and just the idea of protecting yourself so like a I'm cheap mm-hmm. if and if but what if that was always a frustrating thing too is people would be like um don't let don't you know don't let him get to that soon and what if I like I've always been like what if I want to be God like people it's it's, it's as if it's as if like the idea of a dick pic 
I love dick pics. I'm just gonna like straight up. Yeah. I love them. <laughs> Do like, you? Little oh, yeah. monsters looking and at you. <laughs> granted, like obviously unsolicited. There are moments when it comes unsolicited, depending right. on who it's from or whatever. And so that's an inappropriate, unconsensual anything is inappropriate anywhere. But like when people would talk about it as if I have to protect myself. Like, oh, and when they say, you know, oh, did he get some or did he try something on you? Like, you watch these old movies and the guy, they always say to them, did he try something on you? Or, um, <laughs> or like, or like, did he, did you, did, you know, did you put up a fight or, you know, yeah. whatever. Again, it goes in this assumption that women don't have sex drives. Women don't want sex. We don't watch porn. We don't, or desire, like we are visually stimulated. Mm-hmm. Um I mean, you don't think that I don't get turned on when a guy walks past me with a good pecky peck? That yeah, come on. You're a nice ass. Like, yeah, I mean, come like, come on, you know. No, and so, I agree. I think I think that that was the one thing that drove me absolutely insane was like when Josh and I like first got together and we were having sex, and then I got pregnant. I was considered a harlot. I was a whore. I was disgusting. Yep. And he was just a golden angel. Like, you know, like everybody treated Mm -hmm. him like he did nothing wrong and Uh, it was all my fault. And it was like, uh, two people had sex, not just one. Jezebel using her (laughs) feminine wiles. Exactly. I used used my dirty vagina to uh, entice him. (laughs) Right. But but that's, that's literally like until I had, until I had Willis, I was literally considered this gross, nasty girl who got this guy and trapped him with my, you know, vagina. And, and like it, people, people in my community didn't even treat me kindly until after I had my kid. And even Mm. then they still kind of treated me like I was like less than like, because I had had a baby out of wedlock and because I had gotten out of wedlock and. I don't know. Like to me, it's just, it's so insane to treat people like that, to treat, to treat women like, like women and men aren't human beings and we don't have the same urges. Like that's insane. Biologically, we all have the same urges. Like some have them greater than others. Some have them less than others. I get that. It's a spectrum, but we're all just human beings. Like, (laughs) I don't understand this idea of, to me, like, I think gender identity is, kind of a moot point sort of like like we don't really need it (laughs) like we don't need to identify as one or the other like it's like an old outdated system kind of like you know marriage like we don't have to be married (laughs) like like it doesn't change who you are it doesn't change your relationship like we've given it all this this importance but it's not necessarily an important thing you know what I mean right whether you're a guy or a girl doesn't really matter. Are you a good person? Do you treat people well? Like that's what should matter. Right. And that's, it is a funny thing because we can't, I mean, I can't be separate from what's been trained into me and what is, what is natural and what is nurture, right? right? Like I can't, it would be one thing for me to be able to comment on my life if I could separate myself from those things. Right. Because um, that's an interesting point. And that was one of the questions you had asked was, do I think that gender should even be a thing, gender identity? And, and I would say, you know, for me, I feel very, very female. Um, I just, I, it, I just feels me, but is that because 
I, it's been trained into me to feel right. that way. Um, or is that, is that actual, really that, you know, and for those individuals who don't feel um, how they were born, like, is it because they naturally, you know, for, for a, um, a born woman who feels like a man, is that because that individual just really like wants to have sex with another woman or because they want to wear the clothes or whatever, or is it because there's something innately inside them? You know, I can't tell that person that, right? Right. Um, and so I think at the end of the day, just like anything, it's all a spectrum and I don't get to tell you who you are, period. Right. You know? That's and that's like a better way to think about it is like it's not it's not my decision, it's yours. <laughs> like yeah. whoever whoever is feeling the way that they feel, they get to decide it. Nobody else. Yeah. Does. Yeah, and, and I would hope then at the same time, it's like, and I hope that you would give me the same pleasure, right? Right. <laughs> like, like <laughs> fingers crossed that to, people are good. <laughs> you know, if you get to decide who you are and how you identify, please give me the same pleasure. <laughs> right. Oh, if only society worked that way. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. No, I think I just, I love how your brain thinks about this because like I do, like, I, I feel like I like vibe with you a lot in the way that you think, mm. like, I feel like we're on the same page, which yeah. is why I love talking to you about it because mm. like, I find that that's so nice because I do have a lot of these thoughts in my head and I don't feel yeah. like, I, I don't really feel safe talking to certain people about it. So it is nice to just be able to like yep. have an open conversation about yeah identity <laughs> like and like yeah obviously there's such a huge a huge spectrum of like you know gender now like we're not yep. just male female like I mean yep. just a plethora of of titles that people are giving themselves and or that people have and and I mean I'm I'm totally cool with it like but yeah I think for me especially because of the way that I grew up it's so hard for me to just split the vote of like, oh, you're either male or female. Like that just doesn't make sense. Like I think for a long time I've I've just started viewing people as as people, as like human. Like, like I don't care if you are Brad Pitt. If you're an asshole, I don't want to be around <laughs> you. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can be beautiful all day long, but it doesn't make you a nice person or somebody who I would socially want to be around. <laughs> and, right. and so I don't know. I think, I think that that's hard for me because like, like my values differ from just gender. Like you're, I, I don't find value in gender. Right. I find value in people. Right. And so that's right. for me, yep. I think that's why I'm just like, gender identity doesn't even really matter. Like, Oh but, yeah. But then I also think about people who are struggling with their identity and wanting to label it. And, mm -hmm. and for me, I get that. I get why they would need a label because there's, they're struggling internally and they don't really know how to describe themselves. And so yeah. putting a label on it is helpful for them. So I get yeah. that. And, and I don't want to like dismiss that they need that. Like, you know, if they need that, absolutely. But yeah, for like just a person like me, just white female, like, <laughs> like, you, like you can call me a dude all day long. I don't really care. Like, right. Right. Okay. You matter how your voice in my life matters how. Yeah, I know. It's like meh. <laughs> but I mean, I, I get that there's like, you know, tons of different like rabbit conversation, but 
but yeah, I just kind of, it's so strange to me that, like, people, yeah, don't give autonomy to people, but and they decide what you're going to be. I think probably, like, yeah, for me, like, the most hurtful thing was, you know, not feeling pretty enough, or not feeling good enough, or not feeling like, like I was ever going to fit into an ideal, picture-perfect idea of what female, yep. being female is. What is it then? Yep, yep. And like, and like you, like, I'm very, I'm very confident, even though I'm not outgoing. Like, I think people think I'm outgoing, but I'm not really. <laughs> <laughs> like, let me just say, quarantine is wonderful. I love being alone. <laughs> You're like, this is the it's it's I could do this all day every day so, so like but but yeah and and then I think too like it is like my son had all these beautiful things about him weren't necessarily male or female and, and like I was never really like I always wanted my kids to be artistic I wanted them to like you know see things through you know rose-colored glasses like you know people could be good could be great things about sure. people and like I never I never wanted kids to think that just because he was different than them that they had to be cruel or mean to them like I wanted them right. to accept differences and and I don't know I just I wish that maybe gender identity hadn't been so, you know, put into our hard drive. We can't kind of separate it from who people are. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. So, so off my side. Oh, no, I absolutely agree with what you're saying, though, because when it's at the forefront, again, it just gets in the way. Yeah. People can't just see themselves. Like, you know, and I mean, again, we can't live outside of our own bodies, but what would we be like if, I mean, I think about all the time what would I be like if I didn't have this people pleasing mentality inside of me? Yeah. Um, you know, and, and there's some of that that is good because it is a driving force and it gets you to where you're going to go and all of that. But what would we be like if we didn't have um, a performative aspect to us? Mm-hmm. We have to perform. Um, and again, there are certain things about that that serve us that at the same time, you know, what kind of anxiety would be gone and, and you know, all of that. Um, it's an, it's an, it's like, we were just ourselves, you know? Yeah. I think especially for females in this day and age with like Instagram and like TikToks and that sort of stuff, like it's, oh. it's especially easy for, for females to compare, like mm. to constantly compare yourself and never feel enough. And, and probably males too. I'm sure that males have the same situation. They just don't talk about it. <laughs> like they're not as open. Right. Cause they also have not been given the tools to work through emotions or to even allow to talk about their emotions. Right. It's funny because, you know, we're talking about, about gender and again, people will say, well, there's difference between men and women. You can clearly see it. And part of me just wants to be like, well, that's because that's been, tra- again, nurture versus nature. That's been trained into us. So obviously there's a difference. Like, again, I was handed a doll. You were handed a dump truck. Like there is that. And on top of that, I mean, I remember when, when like it was becoming more of a thing to for people to start coming out as um gay or um and and I remember older individuals saying things like well there wasn't this many gay people around when I was a kid why did the numbers just uptick I think everybody's just you know cool to be gay now and it's like well first off people are being ostracized from their families so that's big price to pay for just to do something that's cool yeah Uh, I mean not saying that there's not some exploration there but okay people like this is this is they're being crazy persecuted for this yeah taken off maybe there wasn't as many because the environment was so hostile yeah like people were killed like they were 
they, I mean, they were absolutely beaten to that. You know, there's tons of violence against queer individuals. And yeah. so, well, like, I think, what was it in the, the 20 or 20s or 40s? Like, they used to raid clubs and they would arrest mm -hmm. everybody in like um, gay clubs. And then right. they would either arrest them or they would kill them on site. Like, so, yep. I mean, yeah, there's been persecution for people who are marginalized for sure. And always. Yeah. Yeah. I so mean, I think that, yeah. <laughs> it's a hard, this is a hard subject because it's not cut, it's not cut and dry. There is a lot of like gray area within it, but, but yeah, for me, I just, I don't know, like it is, it is so infuriating to hear people who have had that, that nurture part instilled in them. And then to hear their kids kind of say, say the same things like, um, like, like, oh, well, boys aren't supposed to wear pink and oh, drives me crazy. But like, I, I can't necessarily say to a five-year-old, like, no, boys can wear pink because yep. like, they yep. just, they just don't even get it because it's already been introduced to them that they're yep. Fine lines. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I mean, and that, I mean, that starts at birth, right? We're always learning and growing. And so, see, and, and that's, I mean, that's how we gain our own identity. When I look in the mirror and I'm always wearing pink, or when I look in the mirror and I'm always, uh, you know, like, yeah. so that's telling me who I am. And then also then tells me how the world around me exists. Um, I think is an interesting, yeah, to yeah. thing. <laughs> I feel like I could probably talk about this subject for forever. Yeah. <laughs> I will say my favorite question that you asked me, um, and if we, I've, we have time to answer it, was about Ooh. how, um, was about how now, like working to get rid of some of those things, like things that I do in my life now to fight against that. Yeah. Um, and I think for me, um, the first thing is just being myself. So no matter, no matter what a culture tells me, like, you know, I go out into a circle of people and I, people think that I am a lesbian because I have short hair. I'm not going to stop. I love my short hair. I'm going to keep wearing my short hair. Like, I I'm love your short hair too. Although it's very long. <laughs> yeah. Although right now it's quarantine. It's quarantine hair. Yeah. <laughs> and who knows? I meant to say that earlier. I was like, dang girl, your hair got long. You have like a bob now, like a little. Yeah, I know. <laughs> the problem is, is that it's all short underneath. So now I can't pull it all back. Anyways, <laughs> tangent. Um, I'm dying <laughs> here. <laughs> um, I'm about to have a Tiger King mullet. Uh, <laughs> but um, that and then um, I, so I use one of the ways that I use Instagram is to be I get the cool thing about Instagram is we get to follow whoever we want yeah. and so I personally curate my Instagram in a way that normalizes things that I know I have a hard time with um or that I just have never been exposed to so like that's the cool thing you know when you grew up if your town was not very um diverse you yeah. couldn't you know, call to the ends of the earth and be like, can we get some more people from Asia here so I can, you know, not have to be less racist or people yeah. from Asia? Like, you couldn't do that. Right. But the thing with, like, Instagram is, like, I can do that. Like, I can find whoever and follow. 
And so I purposely follow people who don't fall into those lines. So like I follow men who identify as men and are dancers and wear dresses. Um, and so like, um, Connor McKenzie is his name and he, uh, is like, he's got a banging body. He's like very like chiseled and all of these things, but he also like, he wears like makeup and goes like full dress gown stuff. And, uh, he's a ballerina. He's a ball. He does ballet, but then other, and he's just like incredible. Um, and so that's, I mean, since I started watching him. That's normalized men wearing things that are considered female. And I love that because now it's not weird to me. And it's like, like, it's, you know, like all, if those things are trained into us, then we should be able to train them out. And yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's like a desensitizing, know. like you're desensitizing yeah. yourself to, to the way that you were told things had to be. So no, that's, that, right. that's a really yeah. interesting way to do that actually. Yeah. Like, it's Yeah give yourself a platform of like all the things that, you know, don't make the identity the way that they're supposed to be. And then you can just follow yeah. it. And yeah, no, I yeah. think it's cool actually. Yeah. It's so fun. Well, and the other thing that I do too is, and this was a really cool thing I had, I met this girl um, and when she introduced herself to me, um, she just said, hi, my name is such and such. Um, I am a cis female and I, my pronouns, or no, she just said, I am, my name is such and such and my pronouns are her, she, her, she's, and culturally she looked very female. So it wasn't like she had to tell me her pronouns. I like in our culture, we assume. And I later walked up to her and I said, um, can you tell me about that? And she said, well, I am the majority. I am a cisgendered female. Um, and my pronouns are assumed. But there are those in the room that aren't necessarily. And by saying it myself, I have now made it safe for those who aren't that way to do so. Um, I'm, I'm communicating to them without looking them in the eye or assuming something about them that this is a safe space, that I am safe. And I am also normalizing that conversation because people do get offended. Like I think about, I think about being with people from home or family. Like if I had met, I've been hanging out with my family and my family had somebody come over and I had been introduced to that person. And if I were to say, hi, my name is Maggie and my pronouns are she, her, people would turn their heads, no question. And they would be offended by that statement, which is ridiculous, but true. Because it's not culturally normal because we assume, we're still assuming gender. We're still assuming um, a gender ident uh, identity. And so then when someone comes up that you don't know, maybe they're, you know, maybe I'm like, oh, I know she was born a woman, but like maybe they're wearing more masculine clothing or whatever it is. Right. Um, then I don't know. And I'm like, well, do I say they, him, he, she, him? Well, we shouldn't be, a, we shouldn't be assuming that in the first place. And so anyways, that's been really cool. I don't, I have not done that as much as I would like to. <laughs> All of that to say yeah I still don't fully do it and it is scary but at the same time it's like that's a privilege of mine that I don't have to say that like can I say, that, can I say that's that is so powerful because um I oh I can't remember because my brain I'm too tired but like um I we I was doing something 
I think it was like a yoga class and we had to mm -hmm. um, say our names and then we had to say our pronouns. And uh -huh. I felt so uncomfortable because I was like, why do I have to say my pronouns? This is really like weird and like obviously mm -hmm. I'm a girl, but like yeah. that makes so much more sense from that perspective of like other people don't necessarily know and because of my privilege, like yeah, obviously I think I look like a girl, but that doesn't mm -hmm. mean that I shouldn't make that available for other people to feel comfortable saying what their pronouns are. Yeah. That's, that was really powerful. Thank you for telling me that story. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It was same for me though. In that moment, I was like, oh, so I'm loving a person by saying my pronouns? Oh, okay. And what a simple, what a simple way to like be in solidarity with people, you know, like, like yep. you, that is a way to be like in solidarity with somebody who is like figuring out what their pronoun pronouns are. So yep. I don't know. That's crazy impressive. <laughs> I know. And then it makes it again safe because by me also then again, I don't know what your pronouns are. Right. And by me then assuming your pronouns, A, they probably have to have that conversation a bajillion times a day. They get misgendered all the time. Right. Um, so that's the first thing. But then the second thing is like, I, I don't have to be in this place of like, oh, it's just, it's literally, oh I don't want to offend. I don't want like, just say what yeah. you're are and make the space available. And then say I'm assuming that your pronouns are different. Like, again, say like, I, you know, I think that you're, you're, um, your gender is like, you're born female, but I think you're wearing more masculine clothing. So I can't, you know, I don't know, mm -hmm. you know, um, say I'm assuming that I know that, oh, they probably identify as male. That's also not fair either. Right. Like that's also, that's again, this pendulum is swinging high the other direction. Um, so yeah, that's something that again, as I'm saying this out loud and it's sad that I'm like, oh, should I start doing that? And then you get this like, <gasps> but that's, get out of your privilege, Maggie. Like I get to choose to make to do that people who don't have that privilege don't have that privilege if yeah. they live that every single day and for me to choose to be uncomfortable that's a privilege well that's all for today's episode of sheltered thank you to maggie for joining me and being such a strong and powerful voice on this topic i really appreciate her insight also, please make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. Thanks for listening.